Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thank you for joining us for ASHP's Practice Journeys podcast. This podcast invites members to share their stories about their professional paths, lessons learned, and how their experiences shaped who and where they are today. My name is Han Lei. I'm a second-year health system pharmacy administration resident from Advent Health Orlando. In addition, I recently completed an elective rotation in association management at the ASHP headquarters in Bethesda, Maryland, where I had the pleasure of having Christina Martin, the director of New Practitioners Forum, as my preceptor. (laughs) And I will be your host today for the ASHP Practice Journeys podcast entitled Executing Your Executive Presence. With me today is Dr. Benita David, Department Chair of the Master of Healthcare Administration Program. She has a doctorate in Business Administration from Arkansas University, where her research focused on the role of leadership and communication implemented on virtual teams in healthcare. In 2011, Dr. David developed the Master of Healthcare Administration Program at Advent Health University, which I'm currently enrolled in as part of my administration residency program. She's been teaching classes in business, finance, marketing, and leadership for Advent Health University since 2009, and her goal is to prepare learners to become healthcare executives. Dr. David, you introduced me to the concept of executive presence, which I'm fascinated by, and I hope to pick your brains on so that my colleagues and I can develop this valuable skill. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Han. To help us better understand the concept of executive presence, can you elaborate on what it is to you? Sure. Executive presence to me is really the way a person comes across. So if you imagine someone coming into a room, a conference room, a boardroom, a classroom, it's really how you see them behave, um, their demeanor, the way that they connect with their audience as they're beginning to uh, speak about what they are coming to talk about. You often find that they're really knowledgeable experts in their field and um, they communicate well, uh, both uh, with using their body language and their words. So the balance of both the, um, the physical demeanor and the communication, the, the verbal communication as well. Right. It's it's the whole person and what they are, whatever their message is that's coming across. What public figure do you think really epitomizes executive presence well? The two people that um, come to my mind when I think about executive presence, just people that we all know, people like Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, they are known for connecting with their audience. People think that they're talking to them individually, even when they're in, when they're talking to large groups of people. And they really have a way to connect with, with people. Sounds like making connection with the individual is a really critical piece of executive presence. To those out there who may not have that aspiration currently to become an executive, why is it important for them to develop this skill? Why do they need it? What if to somebody who says, I don't want to be an executive? Yeah, so I don't think it's really about being an executive. It's really about having presence. So 
the reason why you would want to have presence regardless of what you're doing is because that means that you're able to convey your message, you're able to be heard. There's a form of respect that you gain from having this presence. Uh, Maybe you're deemed expert in your field and people will listen to you and you're able to use your influence in a positive way when you have presence. It doesn't mean that you have a what someone would consider a high position. It just means that you're using the position that you have to be influential. Yeah, it sounds like overall it would be an important life skill to to have. And it helps you to, like you said before, build relationships and in in that way help you to achieve a desired outcome perhaps and you know, achieving those deliverables in your workplace. Yes, that's good. I like the desired outcome. So going back to professional image, how does that impact executive presence? Because some people I see are very polished and, you know, well-groomed, great hygiene, (laughs) but they may lack that executive presence. Some people who seem to dress the part, but when you're, you know, in communication with them, they may not have that same presence as Bill Clinton or Barack Obama. Yeah, so I think part of it is dress. I think dress does play a part of it, but it's really back to understanding your audience and the setting in which you're speaking to people. So I think based on the way our culture has been shifting to, I think, what is more casual. So if we think about where we work at Advent Health, we have um, become more casual in the way that we dress. So we're not in every meeting dressed up in a suit and tie for men or a suit and heels for women. We have to understand our audience and sometimes we can be in casual atmospheres and I can come in with a blazer and t-shirt and jeans and be, and that can be perfectly acceptable to the audience and the, the context in which we are speaking. So although I do believe dress does play a part and maybe part of it is sometimes when we dress up, we feel better and we come across differently. And so I think mm-hmm. we have to know ourselves and what we're comfortable dressing in and, and what we're comfortable being in when, based on the audience that we're speaking to and engaging with. Those are two really excellent points. I think understanding your audience and having that external awareness is really important for sure, because like you've mentioned, we are shifting our culture a little bit at Event Health and, you know, our executives are shifting towards a tireless culture. So our CEO, you know, on certain meetings, certain days, they don't wear the tie and, and, you know, they still exude that executive presence. So I definitely agree that you need to have that external awareness uh, of your audience and where you're going to be in that time and place. And, and the second point that you made was about having your own self-awareness, which is definitely important overall in life to know who you are and be the most comfortable because I think being comfortable in your skin is the best way to show that confidence, which is, I think, a, an important trait to showing executive presence. So you mentioned having expertise in your domain as a a component of executive presence. Are there other technical skills that you can develop that would help with showing that executive presence? So I I don't believe um, executive presence is a technical 
skill. Um, I think it's comprised of soft skills, being clear in your communication, being concise, being able to give your message in a confident way, knowing and believing that you are the expert in your field and you have the knowledge to share. I think executive presence is more about that than having a technical skill. Now, if your technical skill is what you're talking about um, and communicating about it with your audience, then I think that's different. But I don't see executive presence as a technical skill. That's interesting. I definitely agree that it's a lot of soft skills, but I do see when somebody is able to give a great presentation and know how to maybe maneuver the PowerPoint better or, you know, utilize certain skill sets better. I think it does help to some extent with their executive presence. Sure. I think that the um, tools that you use to convey your message, if you're using a PowerPoint in a presentation, it's important that you know how to use the tools that you're incorporating in your presentation or your engagement. So mm-hmm. I can I, I do understand how that would be important, but we don't necessarily have to use a tool when when communicating or in a classroom or in, in a boardroom. There's not there's not always um, a tool being used. So I guess that's why I you can have executive presence with or without that. And so I think if you are engaging with a tool to communicate that it is important that you know your stuff, but let's say that technology isn't working and you did have a PowerPoint, executive presence probably is a lot of being able to continue on without that tool because you know your stuff. I agree with that. Uh, I think maybe even in broader terms, it's just being perhaps prepared and being able to improvise because of that confidence in your in your skill set or yes, in yourself. Absolutely. Yes. So I'd like to talk more about the soft skills that exemplifies executive presence. Can you give me a couple of adjectives or a couple of descriptors of the soft skills that you see are highly emphasized in those with executive presence? Confidence is, I think, the key. Having knowledge and being able to communicate that knowledge, um, being attentive to your audience, being able to read the room so that you can make adjustments if people are checking out or if they're bored, knowing when they are really engaged and then moving in that direction because your audience is connecting with that particular thing. Making sure that you have eye contact with people so that people feel that you're seeing them and they're just not just part of an audience. I think those are some key factors in having executive presence. What about charm and charisma? Is that a requisite for executive presence? I I hope not. I do think that charm (laughs) um, definitely helps uh, people. When I mentioned Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, I definitely think that they're charming. I would agree. (laughs) Yeah, I would also say that it it doesn't have to be there because I'm someone who does not have charm, and but I do think that I have it. So I, I, yeah, I hope that that's not part of the the equation. It will definitely help people to have charm. It doesn't hurt to have it, but um, not necessarily a hard requisite. Right. right. Got it. 
So what is gravitas? That's the term that is commonly linked with executive presence. And I'm wondering, is that the intangible component to executive presence when we hear it being used? Yeah, I love the word gravitas. I think that encompasses their uh, people, someone's poise and dignity. I think it definitely contributes to executive presence. I, you know, I thought it was a big part of executive presence, but I, I think that I would put it there with charm. I don't think everybody that has executive presence has gravitas. Gravitas just feels mm. so big and legendary. It probably the greats have that, but I don't know that it's part of everyone's executive presence. I'm really glad you said that because I feel that as a young and emergent leader, gravitas is something that I can develop, but it, you know, it may not come naturally to to new leaders, and it's something that's gained through experience. So I'm really glad that you delineated that it's not necessarily a, a requisite because it's more of you know it's such a a grand thing to have in executive presence and legendary people are the ones who really have that composure uh, especially in stressful stressful situations because I think that's that's when gravitas I feel really is exemplified when you are you know shown decisiveness or composure when the timing is when the time is most critical So, uh, yeah, thank you for saying that, because that's definitely something that, uh, you know, as a a young leader, I uh, can work on developing, but I don't necessarily have that off the bat. (laughs) Yeah, I like the word that you used composure, too. I think that's 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 probably key in in learning and developing as a young leader is being able to keep composed as things are not going perfectly, which is usually the case when you're in front of an audience, (laughs) things don't always go well. So being able to keep composure, I think, is a really good component of executive presence. Yes, yes. And I'm really grateful for actually, you know, this residency training has taught me, especially in our current state, to really be able to pivot everything and be resilient with all the changes that's going on. So it's definitely a good practice in composure. Another good word Um, is resilience. (laughs) So how do we start developing executive presence, especially for somebody in my stage in my career, in developing my career and my professional path? I think as you're starting your career, there are people that you will come in contact with that you admire that you see them exuding executive presence. And I think uh, each one of us has to look to those people and see what it is about them that you want to emulate while still, and I wouldn't say copy, copy because you really want to be authentic and really want to be yourself. And um, I, th- I think that part of it is just being able to pick things out in people that you admire and, learn how to do those things so like we just talked about composure when when a leader is in a in a place where things are not going well how do they handle themselves and what are those things that you can learn to make yourself more comfortable to make your audience more comfortable I think I think that's really what it is is really 
watching people and practicing those skills, the soft skills that we um, talked about earlier. I think that's a great point. And I think that also to add to that is to put yourself out there because you're not going to have these opportunities to demonstrate composure or to pivot the conversations, you know, without putting yourself out there so that you have the opportunity to have these experiences. And, and I definitely agree having a good mentor or somebody who demonstrates these qualities is absolutely um, important and critical to developing executive presence. And I would add also that, you know, the leaders who are intimidating to you, <laughs> for instance, Dr. David, I am very intimidated by you, but I think that you have a lot of traits that I would like to develop. And I think it's perfect, perfectly fine to reach out to people who you are intimidated by and learn from them. And I think that most people in education and in a learning environment are pretty receptive towards mentoring others as well. So that's something that I would encourage listeners out there as well to reach out to those who you may be intimidated by, because there's a reason you're intimidated by them. Maybe they have skills that complement your strengths and that you can learn and develop um, with their mentorship and guidance. Yeah, I think I think that's a good point. I think we should... Um step outside of our comfort zone and reach out to people. Leaders do want to give back and they do want to help develop future leaders. So I think that's a good point. I would also say that I'm someone who's shy. I do not want to reach out to people. <laughs> I, I I do follow your advice and reach out to people and step outside of my comfort zone. But I would say sometimes if you are shy, you can watch people on TV and you can watch videos um, of people that you admire. It doesn't necessarily have to be someone at work. It doesn't have to be someone in your field. I think executive presence Mm -hmm. goes across professions. And so I think it's important to study people and leaders in all different areas of your life uh, so that you can see leadership in different ways. Yeah, that's that's a really good point too. There's definitely different ways for you to observe those qualities and and make it your own. Yes. Okay, so what do you tell people who have a difficult time believing that they can develop executive presence? I I think it's a learned skill. As with everything, something's come easier to um, certain people. But I do think that it's something that can be learned. I encourage my students when they are practicing for a talk or an event that they're going to be facilitating or hosting. I I really want people to videotape themselves. First, practice in front of a mirror so you can see yourself and the way that you come across, but also use um, video so that you can watch your body language and hear the way that you speak. I encourage students to turn off their audio so they can focus on just their body language and see how they come across. I think especially now in this day and age where we're using so much technology and we're we're doing a lot of videos on video conference, really understanding the way that you come across on video is important as well. And then turning off your video and just uh, listening to yourself, listening to the way that you say words, begin your sentences, end your sentences, making sure that you can be heard the entire way through. 
is is really important. Um, maybe some things you say a little bit awkwardly or they're words that you're just stumbling across, change up your language. So I think it's important to isolate both body language and voice as you're learning and developing the skills to enhance your executive presence. That's a really good advice. That's a, re- that's a really good exercise that's going to definitely review your strengths and opportunities. It's probably going to be super awkward because I remember when I was in pharmacy school, we had to record our counseling sessions. And it's true, you identify your nuances. And I didn't realize that I had a hunchback <laughs> when I counseled people. So definitely, it's a very good exercise and very revealing. So I, I agree with you. And I think separating the the physical the body language and then listening to the your sounds and your intonations uh, I've gotten feedback that I end my conversations or end my sentences with um, some deflections and it makes me sound like I don't have confidence in myself that I'm questioning my my statements for instance instead of saying hi I'm Han Lei I would say Hi, I'm Han Lei. <laughs> so stuff like that, um, I think yes. is, <laughs> was that a good example? <laughs> That's a really good example. <laughs> if you're unsure of what your name is, it's really hard to <laughs> <get there. laughs> Yeah, probably uh, will change the, uh, the rest of the conversation for sure. And I think another point to developing executive presence is addressing your internal insecurities. And making sure that you leverage your current assets. I think, especially in my current stage where I'm a resident in training, I tend to forget that I have these great assets and I don't really leverage it to the full extent that I can. And then addressing the internal insecurities, one thing that you've said to me before, Dr. David, is if you are part of the meeting or if you're there and they invited you to it, then you're part of the conversation. They, the, you know, wherever meeting or place that you're in, that means that you have made it there. Like they found value in including you in the conversation. So you need to get over the fact that, you know, you don't think that you're, you know, somehow inadvertently invited to the meeting. Like you are there because you have something to contribute. And so I think that's something that is very important to recognize. And I, I just wanted to bring that up as well in this conversation that you need to really address your internal insecurities uh, because that's going to be a barrier to developing something that requires you to have confidence in yourself. Yeah, I think it's it's key to um, for especially new leaders, I think even for women and for minorities, um, we often have insecurities and we have to realize that we belong. We were invited because we belong and that we add value and and feel confident in the value that you bring. Um, know that you have something to contribute. So whether it's a new perspective because you have just finished a degree or you're a resident, um, your new perspective is going to be valuable because there are people who have been doing this for decades and sometimes are stuck in a way of thinking and that new perspective brings new ideas and new possibilities to a particular space. So my next question is, how do we ensure that we do not put ourselves at 
crossroads of authenticity as we work to establish executive presence. And you kind of mentioned that uh, previously, executive presence does require authenticity or those who have executive presence are authentic leaders. But what about when you are in an environment where the culture is a certain way and it's not consistent with who you are and you feel that it's impeding your authenticity? How do we continue to establish executive presence if we feel that we're not being true to ourselves? Well, I think it's really important to always remain true to yourself. Um, you don't want to lose yourself in any setting. I think it's harder for some people than others. I think confidence really plays a, a piece in that, um, in being authentic. I think being able to um, be vulnerable as a leader and share your insecurities, you know, it doesn't mean spill your whole story and to be personal <laughs> all the time. It means showing your humanness and being able to say, I don't know, I'm going to get back to you. Uh, you know, I'll look into it and I'll get back to you. It is saying, you know, I struggled with that and I worked on, on those things and have um, become better at it, that I have a coach and they're the ones who having those meetings that's you know I work through ideas in those in those spaces with somebody I have a mentor and I'm able to ask for advice when I'm going into a meeting or when I have felt uncomfortable with uh, with an idea so I think we all have resources as leaders and I think being able to share what those resources are and how we make ourselves better and can be more authentic um, mm -hmm. really helps the next generation of leaders and even helps people that we work for um, because sometimes leadership is lonely. And so sometimes I think we all forget that about each other and being able to be authentic with each other and seeing that in other people provides courage all the way around. Yeah, I think that was very, very eloquently stated. And I, I agree. I think that when you are authentic or you're consistently who you are or you're comfortable with your vulnerabilities, uh, it, it takes a lot. And I think that um, it garners a lot of respect as well from your colleagues. And I think that, again, I feel that being confident in both what you know and what you don't know is, is I think, equally important. So I agree. Yeah, I think being authentic invites other people to be authentic, too. So my last question for you is, what recommended readings or resources do you have that we can look to that will help us to develop our executive presence? You know, I, I don't know that executive presence is something that you really read about unless you're maybe reading about someone's journey to leadership, if you admire somebody that exudes executive presence that connects with you. I would say that it's really about watching people and talking to people that you admire and trying to learn those skills and really inviting feedback from people that you mm -hmm. trust will be um, completely honest with you about the way that you're coming across and being um, open to incorporating the advice that you hear. 
you know what I've learned about feedback? <laughs> what is that? I think, I think feedback is like the gift that you were not expecting, but really appreciate. I think of it like getting socks for Christmas because you didn't ask for it, but you're really glad that you got those socks. And um, I have to say that, yes, you have, you know, feedback is, it truly is a gift because you may not have that self-awareness and you're, especially young leaders who are still developing themselves. I think that feedback is so valuable, especially from those that, you know, have those traits that you emulate because they may recognize things um, about yourself that you're still looking to develop in your self-awareness, in your journey to self-awareness. Yes. And I think it's, it's really hard, especially in the beginning of your um, career to get what feels like criticism. And it, it seems like it's a personal dig. And it's, if you can, if you can open yourself to it being feedback and about it being an opportunity for you to be better, I think that shift in perspective um, will help tremendously. I agree. Well, that's all the time that we have today. And I really want to thank Dr. Benita David for joining us to discuss executive presence. Join us here at ASHP Official and the Practice Journey Podcast as we learn about how our members speak out and grow and evolve during their careers. Thank you so much for y'all's time. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.